Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah? Amen. You know, as ministers, and I know our pastor has done the same thing, and sure Russell has, and Hank, Lord gives you something, and then before you get there, he changes it, and he changes it again, and he changes it again. So tonight, all I can say is be prepared, because I have no idea what he has in store. And I'm different anyway. And something I did learn, by the way, I'm going to try to slow down my talking. The other night, this is something you don't do at home. Do not get out the old videotape of when the children were younger because then you hear people like yourself on it and think, is that me? Do I really sound that stupid? And then your wife says, yes. So I'm going to try to slow down so I can understand myself. Oh, can somebody... You know, it's all right to laugh in church. I know Jesus did. Because if you go back and look what Jesus did and who he ministered to, you had the Pharisees, you had the Sadducees, and you know they had to be sad, you see. The way they were, you had to laugh at them. Okay? And you always had the enemy standing over here, and you had to laugh at him too. Because they couldn't give him the time of day, because any time the enemy comes, by the way, the enemy is the devil. Years ago, Lord ministered to me and said, start calling the enemy instead of the devil. I said, now why would I do that? He said, because if you call him the enemy, you're not giving him any title. And he don't like that. So I like to be on the bad side anyway, because I'm already there. So he's the enemy. He don't get a title. But anyway, this week we have been ministering, and it's over, harvest. Well, I'm glad that was up there. I almost forgot. Now, in the harvest, now here in just a few minutes, I know you're supposed to wear ties and all this kind of good stuff. It's going to start getting warm, so if I start to shed my coat, it is harvest time, and I'm shedding, and if you get offended, I'll just say sorry and just overlook me. During harvest, what is harvest? Well, when you think of harvest, you think of pumpkins. I do. You think of corn stalks, you know, put in a little bundle and you take it. Most of the time you, you want to put them out there in your yard. Now, I have never understood that. You take these corn stalks that are dead and you put them in your yard where you want everything to be alive. Never understood that because you think it looks good. Then you have your leaves on the tree that fall and they're all different colors because, see, God wants us to have not only a beautiful, but a prosperous harvest. What better way to do it than to put color into it? Summertime, you have green grass, you have your green flowers, green trees, <laughs> green, green, green. During the fall, it's just like he goes and gives you all these beautiful colors. Now, how many times do we actually say, thank you, Lord, for the beautiful leaves? Kind of get here because sometimes we just don't do that. But harvest time. See, a lot of people, and I never did, really took a look at harvest. 
And you have to excuse me, I've got a borrowed Bible. Harvest. We are celebrating the harvest. Now, you notice I'm saying harvest, harvest, harvest. You say it enough, it kind of sounds weird. You know, it just don't make sense. But that's with anything in life. If you say it enough times and keep going, you're going, now what? We're celebrating the harvest. It's the time for the harvest, because that's where we're at. But here's the question. What type of harvest are we looking for? What type? Well, there's different ones. A few of them are Matthew 9:37. Then saith he unto his disciples. Now you notice he's talking to his disciples, the one he's training. You ever try to train somebody that's just not paying a lick of attention? Well, this time he's talking to the disciples. And it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous or bountiful. But, now don't you just love it when the Lord has to put but in there? Because when he puts the but in there, you have to look to see why he's saying but. That means there's something going on that we're not doing. And it says, but the laborers are plenty. No, wait a minute. The laborers are few. Now here's the question tonight. Do we have any laborers here? Say, I'm a laborer. I'm a laborer. Remember that. There we go. Luke 10, 2 is another type. And it says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers few. Whoa, here we go. He's wanting us to do it again. Pray. How many times a day do we have to pray? I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to do it more than once or twice. Well, I'm still in a fleshly body. I still have things that want to try to come up against me and irritate me. And, you know, the old enemy comes in there and he just kind of rubs you wrong. Pray ye therefore. Now, what we, what's it there for? The Lord of the harvest that he would send forth, wait a minute, labored into his harvest. There's that labors again. Will we ever get away from labors? No. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. John chapter 4, 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the field, for they are white already to harvest. 
And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth, you know, it's got two there now. In order to reap the harvest, you got to what? Sow! Now, I'm going to jump back a little bit. A lot of God's people, His children, all they want to do is reap. They want to get over here to this harvest. But you know what? They don't want to go over here and sow anything. They want to hand it to them on a silver platter. Well, God knows what I need. Well, yeah, He does, but what you going to do about it? See, we're supposed to be doers of the Word. that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now, rejoice together. They both, you have your sowers, you have your reapers. That's like this church and this church, that they may what? Rejoice, 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 rejoice. They come together. It's time that the church, in general, throws away the old dead stuff, forgets about, well, you know, this one here, they don't believe this way. Do they believe in Jesus? Do they believe He's the Son of God? Did He come to earth as a baby, born of a virgin? Did He die? Was He resurrected? Well, yeah. Then leave it alone. Now let's start being in unity and start, start helping each other instead of start hindering each other. So there's a lot of that going on. A lot of that. So what are we going to do? Revelations 14, 15. Oh, brother, he's going to Revelations. Well, it had harvest in there. I had to put it in there. <laughs> 14, 15. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle. Now there's a comma there, but I want you to know something. When he said thrust, stay. He didn't mean, okay, thrust. <clears throat> get in there. Get it in. Get it good. Get it deep. Now, if anybody has ever dug taters before, knows that you've got to get in underneath that tater because if you don't, you're going to get right in the middle of it and then you've got a split tater. Not tater tots either. Thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap. Now, you know there's a lot of reaping here. Because the sowing's been done. You've had your growth. Now the harvest is ready. But you know, you've got to go one past the harvest. If it's harvest time and it's ready, it's still standing. You've got to cut it, and then you've got to reap it. Take it in. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. So we can now 
So we can see and we know what the scriptures say. But again, what is the harvest? If we look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 37, starting there, <clears throat> he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked. See, regardless, you're going to have tares trying to come in, just like in a garden or in a field. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. Now, you know, it's pretty good. People always say, well, the Bible is a mystery and you can't understand it. Boy, he just gave you the instructions plain and simple. Now, if you can't read that and understand that, that's something wrong. When he tells you exactly what's going on and what's happening. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. Woo. And them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, well, brother, did you have to put that in there? I didn't. God did. Because, see, here's the thing. If you're going to start out with the truth, you have to finish up with the truth. Okay? And then everything in the middle makes up your cake. That makes up the good stuff. Then you have your topping. Now, let's look at something here. The harvest, souls for Christ, harvest, the end of the world. But there is also another harvest. See, Matthew 9 and 37, I'm going to go back to that and right quick here. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Are we laborers? I said, are we laborers? Amen. Say, I am a laborer. I am a laborer. Glory. Why are the laborers few? Why are they few? You see, Jesus told the disciples, the laborers are few. And if you look at it now, the laborers are few. You see, most people automatically think, or the bad word, assume. You ever assume anything? It's not a good thing. That there is no one going out and witnessing to people. Some of that is true. But we have to look at the big picture. We have to look at what is really going on. You have people going out here witnessing. They'll go door to door, knock on your door. Depends on who it is and what they're doing, whether you get irritated when you open your door. And that's with a lot of people. But you know what? What we need to do as believers, if the Lord tells us, go knock on the door, go knock on it. But if he tells us at work, go up here and just tell somebody, hey, God loves you. Walk away. 
That will do more a lot of times than it will going knocking on the door. You got their attention. And see, that's what we want to do. Once you get their attention, then they're ready to be ministered to. What is the laborer? Well, someone who works or does something. A toiler, teacher, worker. Now, to be a laborer, you must be a doer. Says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Joshua one twenty two. Now, right quick. Now I get to shed my coat. One second. Well, maybe you need to give me one, more than one second. Not yet. Sometimes we need to have a demonstration of what God really means and what God really wants. And sometimes the demonstration doesn't work like it's supposed to. But I'm still here. Now, for you of those, this is not Mr. Beard. Now, it's harvest time, and what does the farmer wear? He wears his overalls. He is the worker. He is the laborer. Are you busy? You, Russ, come here. You got a minute. I won't give you a scripture yet. Nothing like being pulled out of the audience. Glory to God. Almost feels like the price is right, don't it? Come on down. Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I'm a farmer. Here's my field over here. Come on down. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have a bag of seeds, because you can imagine these bag of seeds. It's hard to imagine me with overalls, so I put them on. Just call me Farmer Joe. Got a bag of seeds, okay? Are you willing to help me sow seeds, plant my garden or my field? Here's the seeds. There's the field. Go ahead and plant some for me. Okay, hold it, hold it. No, he's, he's doing fine. There is... Put it to this way. They're not going to get the correct answer. I made it that way. So don't feel embarrassed. It ain't going to be right. Okay, come on back. Brother Hank, come on down. You're the next contestant on Joe's farm. Come on down. Now, what I want you to do is give some of your seeds to Brother Hank so he can do the same thing that he did. Okay. Now, <laughs> I want to show you something. Do I? However you want to do it. Okay, that would be good. Now, I want you to notice something. As a farmer, I brought a laborer in, handed him some seeds and said, go plant them. Problem is, I didn't tell him how to do it. 
He just kind of went down there and put him down there. Brother Hank comes up because he got wind of what Brother Rusty didn't do. So he goes up there, and I'm going to be smart enough to eat a couple of my seeds, and then I'm going to put it in. But he ate some of it. Can you see? That's how a lot of believers are. They're not told how to do it. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to come over and tell you. Okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to actually get your hoe out, dig a couple of holes, and put seeds in there. Then I want you to follow. Act like you get a hoe. Here you go. Here's one. Here's one. <laughs> I'm getting there. Another part of the harvest, y'all can be seated. I'll be as quick as I can. <laughs> That's hot. A lot of the times, as believers, we go in, we get saved. Pastor's preached on this, he's taught on this, but now we're getting where the rubber meets the road. This is the preparation to go sow seed. To water the seed, nutrition, nutrition in it. Whew, that's a big tongue twister. Fertilizer. Thank you. That's what that's what your wives are for. And to harvest. What we need to do in order to do that. What does the Word of God say? It gives you some things. As a believer, we shall cast out demons, lay hands on the sick. 
But you know what? If we're not doing that, how are we going to teach, show the manifestation of Christ and the Holy Spirit if you go up to, oh, we'll go up to this old boy here and we're talking to him and tell him about how great Jesus is and boy, he'll give you the power. Glory to God. And boy, we're just really full of it. And all of a sudden he goes, yeah, 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 I'd like to get say, Okay. But you know, I've been sick for a while. Can he heal me of that? Well, yeah, he can heal you. Now, it is our job to do what? Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You see, you're not, you can't go out and tell the world about Christ, what he can do for you, what he's done. He can give you finances if you're if you need them, he can give you food if you need food in your house. He can give you gas. He can give you whatever have you if we can't teach them how it's done. If we're sick and we're down and we're trying to teach somebody else how to do it, well, then how come you're not healed? Well, I don't know. I guess God doesn't want to do it. No. The Word of God says, By His stripes ye are what? Healed. You were healed how many years ago? I'm going to say 2,000 have been longer than that. But I don't have a calculator in my head. But you see, there's too many people, too many churches that are not preaching to go out and do this. I mean, you know, laying hands on the sick. Well, you know, have people come up and pray all the time. Have a cold. Okay, well, what do you want? To get better. Well, number one, we need to teach them it's not to get better, it's to get healed. Okay? It's to get full, to recover from that. But no, it's to get better. So they pray. Well, Father, we thank you that they will be better. After church or a week later, you go up to them and you say, well, how are you feeling? Well, I'm better. Not completely healed yet, but I'm better. Well, what would you ask for? You asked to be better. Well, now, God knows what I want. He said, ask and you shall receive. He will give you the desires of thine heart. Now, that's another sermon. But you see, God wants us to have the very best. He wants us to be able to go out there, sow our seed. He wants us to be able to fertilize it and do the harvest. So that means he give us everything that we need to do it with. Matthew 10, 7. says, As ye go. As ye go. As ye go. That is an action word. God did not intend for you to sit down and let somebody else do it. Or he would have never said, as ye. Ye means ye. You, 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 me. As ye go, preach. That didn't mean you have to get behind the pulpit and be a preacher or a pastor. As ye go, preach, saying. Now, when you say something, you have to open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth, you look like this. 
And then you look at them and they go, what are you doing? Well, I'm talking with my mouth closed. It doesn't work. Saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Coming very soon. Very, very soon. Whoa, here we go. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Now, you notice I said raise the dead. You know how many Christians, if you took them over here to the, to the, uh, uh, not mortuary, the funeral home, and you take them in there, and you have a violin there in that casket, people say, oh, now you're going too far. It's been done. And God says, go raise that one from the dead. How many believers, if God stood there and told them, and you knew it was God, would do it? Oh, I ain't messing with a dead person. Well, number one, they're not going to hurt you. Not going to happen. Well, I saw in a movie, well, get rid of Hollywood. Okay? You, you, you know, in Hollywood, you got these zombies walking around with their necks like this here. And number one, they can't hurt. And what I've never understood, because you've seen commercials of them, they're all walking like this together, and people are running from them, and they're walking. Now, how long does it take to get from point A to point B? They're walking and you're running. I don't know, but it happens. It's Hollywood. I have learned one thing. You don't throw this up and down. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Oh, Lord, here we go again. You know how many people, now I'm talking believers, do not want to even mess with the devil? Somebody's got one in them. I ain't messed with that. They don't happen today. Well, I beg your pardon, I've seen them. And it does happen today. They don't like me. True story. Ask my wife. How many times, I can't say how many times because it happened more than once, you go to a restaurant and you sit down wanting a good meal and you order it and you get a waitress that has a spirit in her that doesn't like you. They don't deal with you. We're down there with Memphis. We're sitting there. All the family on, on, on my wife's side. We're sitting there. So we order. Everybody orders something. And I'm, I try to be nice to every person that I meet. Wait, you know, how you doing? Okay, well, you know, just being nice. Not this one. She was nice to everybody else. But she wouldn't even talk to me. I'm going, what do I think? Finally, <clears throat> she comes back and, you know, every once in a while you like to have your glass filled. You know, you do. And people say, well, that's not that big deal. Don't mean she has spirit. Everybody else had their glasses filled more than once. So finally she looks and says, would you like some more? <laughs> yeah, I think. So she takes it. I had, I, I'm going to say Dr. Pepper. Here's a soda pop. I don't know why I got a soda pop. She didn't want me to have a soda pop. She took my half a glass, poured tea into it, and set it back down for me and walked off. And uh, I got to praying about it, and the Lord said, no, don't, don't, don't go there. She's got a spirit in it. Just don't, you know. Didn't want me to make no spectacle, and I'm not going to do that in a public place unless the Lord tells me to do it. So I'm sitting there, and 
Kim says, Linda, she goes, she put tea in your glass? Yeah. Well, you didn't have I said, I know, dear. Well, I'll, I said, leave it alone. Well, I said, she's got a spirit in her, and that spirit does not like me. Really? Yeah, just leave it alone. So she finally comes back, I guess I'll give you tea instead of Dr. Pepper. Here you go, and walks off. So we're getting towards the end of the meal, and here comes the check. She didn't want me to have that either. She puts it down, walks off. So we decide, you know, we're trying to get all the money out and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And when I say waiting, I'm not joking. Okay? What was it? Ten minutes with waiting or longer on her to come back to get our money. Now, usually they want you to leave so they can get somebody else to set the table. Not this one. So she, they said, well, let's just put our money together. And, and my sister-in-law decided just to put on her credit card and we just pay her at the motel because we wanted to leave. So they got up and went at one of the, uh, wait, or not the waiters, but what do you call them? Hostess. Where's our waitress? Well, I don't know. Well, we don't either. So they go to find her. I said, dear, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. She'll come back. Take She'll be back. So I got up. I left. I walked outside. Well, guess what? She come back to the table. Got them all taken care of. But you see, spirits know children of God. They don't want to deal with them. Trust me. Had another one in Arkansas here about, about a month ago. Couldn't get anything right. Here I am eating. And I knew she had one in there, but, you know, hey, I'm going to eat and do my thing. We wasn't busy in there. There's us and, what, maybe five other families in a restaurant, mind you. She comes back. I'm eating, okay? Would you like a to-go box? No, I'm not done. So I'm sitting there, and I'm drinking my, trying to drink breath. Would you like a to-go cup? No, ma'am, I'm not done. They want to get rid of you. They're real. But you see, we've also got to cast them things out too. Now, if we hadn't been in a place like that, we'd have been having what they call a come Jesus meeting real quick. Freely you have received. Do you see that? Freely you have received. You're going to receive it. But in the next, very next two words, it says, freely give. See, that's where a lot of us are in that stumbling block. We want to receive it. We want God's blessings. We want, and see, you all thought I was going to say finances and healing and everything else. We want God's blessings on our life. We want everything God has to offer. Now, with that, you have your healing, you have your finances, you have what you need. You've got to believe, of course. You know, you're not just going to sit there and go, All right, God, I got my remote. I just put it over on the corner. Put my gold bars over there and put my cash over there. Now, I've got a lockbox. Now, I ain't going to tell you what the combination is because you know everything. But you see, that's the way a lot of people are. Everything's so secretly. But you see... What we have to do as believers, we have to receive God's blessing. But then in the next breath, we have to be willing to give to those that need. 
give when God says give. Now, does that mean you have to go out and give to everybody? No, I don't recommend it. You won't have anything left. Plus, if you give to everybody and God didn't say give to this one, you're not going to get blessed. Now, I've had people argue with me about that before, and that's fine. I take them back to the Word. Here's the deal. If God does not tell you to bless this one right here, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they need something. They need finances. They need food. And you say, well, Lord, I want to give it to them. No, don't give it to them. Now, come on, God. They need it. I'm going to do it anyway. You know something you run into? One of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Here's where that comes from. He may have this one over here that he wants to come bless this person. And if you do it, he didn't get his chance. I saw it. They come in and they steal the blessing. Just as you have your crows come in and steal your seed or the birds steal or whatever the birds come in and steal it, what are we doing? We have to be in line with the Word. We have to know when God's telling us to do it. Because, see, just because He don't want us to help this one, down the road He's got another one that we need to help. But here's the thing. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, last time I liked the movie I watched one time, He has a blessing for you to give to this one, but if you give it here, you might not have that to give down the road here where you need it. And then you're going back to now, God, I know I'm supposed to give to this one. Well, no, you give to that one. Now, can we repent and go on? Well, you bet you we can repent and go on. God's not just going to kick us like that. But here's the thing. We have to be in tune with God. We have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Listen to His voice to know when to give, when not to give, when to be a doer. Because, see, there are some things that you don't want to give into because on the back side of it, it may be witchcraft. It may be rebellion. Oh, now, brother, I know. No, 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 no. You have to check out where you're giving into. Years ago, the company I worked for, they would uh, give donations into this company, and they wanted you to do it. You know, give a little bit of your check every week or whatever the case may be. Well, one day I thought, you know, something just ain't right here. So I got checking into it. Well, it wasn't a godly organization. So I quit putting my money into it. Even though they might help people, it wasn't a godly organization. And where their money was going for was totally against my principles, totally against God. So why would I go bless this person? To me, it's kind of like blessing the terrorists. Well, I'm going to give you money to help you out, and then they come and they bomb us. Or they come try to take us. See, there's a fine line there. And even Jesus what he did, he didn't, he didn't give to everybody except for love. He did give him compassion. He was moved by faith. But see, he was the giver. But it wasn't always finances. It wasn't always, um, well, I can't say always food because he, he, he took, well, he took a uh, three-piece fish, fish dinner and fed a multitude with it. But you see, God knows just when we are to do it. 
One thing we don't want to do is get ahead of God. You get ahead of them, then you're going to be backpedaling. And let me tell you, that's not fun. Been there, done that, don't want the t-shirt to remember it. But you see, tonight, church, what we need to look at, there's a lot of people out there that need Christ. There's a lot of people out there that need that salvation. But until we can examine ourselves, learn what God would have for us to do in that ministry, whether it's preaching, teaching, uh, laying hands on the sick. Because see, it does happen today. Okay? And then there's another one that really gets people going. And the Lord showed me something on this here. Well, I say a while back. been about a couple of years ago. Uh, you have people, well, now that speaking in tongues ain't for today. Well, guess what? It is. One, it's in the New Testament. Well, you know, that just scares me. When you as a baby... Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. When you as a baby, and you're learning to talk, and your mama's trying to teach you how to say mama, you had absolutely no idea what mama was. That's like going out here and learning to, learning how to speak Spanish, and you don't know how. It's going to be a little different. But you know, it's conversation that you have with the Father. And... I didn't know this until years and years and years later, believe it or not, in this church. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Did you know when you're speaking in tongues that if you pray and say, Holy Spirit, interpret this to me. Tell me what I'm saying. Did you know you know exactly what you're saying? It's really simple. But you see, it's something that you got to want. you got to want to be able to do it, want to understand it, and be willing to move with the Spirit, not ahead of them, not behind them, right there with them. But you see, the path that you do, just like just like the rose, uh, whatever they was planting a while ago, we're going to say it's corn. You got that row going, you want it straight. But you see, what a lot of people are doing, and they're teaching this, if you look at the row and you get somebody that don't know what they're doing, it kind of goes like this. If you have a garden like that, even my grandpa would have got upset with me. That's not the way you do a garden. There's only one way to plant that garden. There's only one way to get to heaven. And you see, it's kind of humorous that he uses planting and sowing. And then we've got farmers, because they'll teach you, you go out to a farmer, I don't care if they've got the big old combines, they're going to be just as straight as they can get them. That's just like shingling a roof. And I know Russell <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. You go up there and look at a roof that's been shingled, you want it to go just like this. I went to help out with one one time, and it looked like this. And I said, who started that? He did. Did he know what he was doing? Well, he said he did. And you got references? Well, they said his dad had done it for years. But has he did it? Well, his dad has done it for years. Never mind. But you see, that's just like God's people. They can tell you they know how to do it, but can they really do it? Can they really do it? What we need to do is be doers of the Word of God 
But we need that little extra in there. We have to prepare. If we don't prepare, how do you expect to get it? How do you expect to have your meal on the table at night? If you don't what? Prepare it. You can look at it all day long, and it's not going to do nothing until you start putting your hands to the plow. Amen? Hallelujah.